0: What's the most exciting ha- thing happening in Bitcoin or crypto?
1: I just got back from a conference where I was speaking on crypto insurance on a panel. And the big thing at that conference was actually ordinals and inscriptions using the Bitcoin network for something other than the, the peer-to-peer payment network. That is something that I'm super excited about. You know, I'm a bit big believer in Bitcoin. I do think there'll be more than just Bitcoin, but I love the idea of using the network for something else and bringing, quote unquote, smart contracts and doing a bit type style of infrastructure on top of it. I love that. I love that narrative. I'm super excited about it. And so I think personally, that's what I'm kind of looking forward to is seeing what people build on it and, and how that changes it and kind of changes the community and goes forward from there. So that's the thing I'm quite excited for. For Bitcoin, I think in general, I'm really interested to see how we do the Ethereum scaling question. that was a big thing in permissionless, different ways of doing that correctly. I mean, I tried to sit and listen to a talk on Ethereum scaling and the difference between between like proto dank sharding and things like that. And I was like, gosh, I thought I was into this space. I have absolutely no idea what's going on. (laughs) It was so intense, but it's just great to see the passion and the relentlessness again of the industry just moving forward with it. So I think that's super exciting as well.
0: Uh, Like I was saying to Dina earlier, one thing I like about this space is there's always more to learn. There's so many different projects. Bitcoin itself is complex enough. Question to you, Dina, you're not a crypto expert, as you said, but I'd like to hear one thing you might find interesting about this space
2: it's the technology it's mind boggling uh, how far we've come you're always trying to understand the direction the economy is going what people are aspiring to do it's you know it's a, it's a movement with me putting my insurance cap on and and very much like Ben I come from the arts background I'm I'm not I'm not an insurance graduate from you know in any sense you're always trying to see the innovation trying to find out where is this going What is it about? What's next? We met at AI uh, Futurist. We were talking about what are people thinking? Where is this going? It's one of those things where you're thinking, what's the next step? What are people doing with the technology? And a lot of people at the time said to me, well, the technology is going to evolve. Is it in crypto? Is it evolved beyond crypto? It's one of those things where it's just nice to to follow and and see where where it's going. It's one of those things that fascinates me.
0: Now, there was a mention between you and I about on-chain and off-chain risks. I was wondering, Ben, if you don't mind, you know, if you could elaborate whether both types have insurable risks or you could distinguish between the two.
1: Absolutely. I think that's that's a great question. So when I have to explain insurance to crypto people, I actually started talking about off-chain and on-chain risk. So on-chain risk is, you know, quite simply everything that can go wrong. With your business on chain, right? So that's private keys, hacks, that smart contract failure, that's smart contract being used unintentionally for purposes that authors didn't intend, slashing, correlated slashing, all that type of stuff. So anything that can go wrong in an on-chain environment is what we consider on-chain. Off-chain is everything that happens in the real world. I think one of the things that we're trying to raise awareness for actually is when we're talking with our clients, a lot of them just assume that when you say crypto insurance, you're just talking about the on-chain Environment. You're talking about custody. You're talking about fidelity. So the honesty of employees and collusion and stealing of those private keys. But actually, 100% of the claims that we've had in our team are entirely from off-chain risk. So the real world stuff is the thing that is going to catch our clients out. And so what we're trying to do is raise awareness that good risk management, good processes in place, the biggest risk to your business is Probably not losing a private key. It's probably f- the founders falling in, right? Or it's you not delivering on a service, and you've got a breach of contract suit or a claim or something like that that comes around. It's you. It's losing a key employee that goes to a competitor. It's all the headaches that a traditional business have are the things that we see that our clients are claiming. It's really important to understand that the off chain environment, the day to day business stuff, the quote unquote boring business stuff, is the stuff that will catch you out. I think what we're really passionate about is helping our clients manage that. Obviously, we help them manage the on-chain stuff as well. So, we've got cover for slashing, we've got protection for, you know, theft of private keys, we can insure smart contract hacks. And then the off-chain stuff, you know, we're looking at directors and officers risk, cyber, so encryption, technology, you know, the the coding that you've done just doesn't really work or you've breached a contract condition. Great mention that Dina had is, you know, when you're looking to sell your business, reps and warranties that you're making when trying to sell that business. Or do you have a patent? Do you want to insure that patent to make sure that if anybody tries to steal it, you've got some defense there? And so it's all this type of stuff that traditional businesses have that we're trying to bring to the on-chain environment.
0: Definitely said it right when you said, you know, most people just think of losing your private keys. Like, that's exactly what I think when when I think of crypto insurance. And I never really think about the other risk management factors. You're saying, you know, within company workings, operations or whatever it may be is is more of a risk. Is that common then? Like you said, 100% of your claims were were off chain? Like, is that common yeah. throughout the industry?
1: It's a great question. I mean, obviously, there's things, the problems that go on on chain. I'm not trying to minimize that. Like, you know, we've seen the headlines, we've seen all the big problems that happen. Like, that is still a risk. But definitely talking with colleagues and people in other countries and stuff. We've had a client that got sued for $5 million because they failed to check a trademark when they before they went into another country. Simple, 5 million, <laughs> right? Like like just that kind of stuff that you don't even think about is the stuff that can, can catch you out. And it's so funny, Brad, because like when I was just getting into the space, I would basically research all the ICOs that were happening, right? So I'd read white paper after white paper after white paper. And I was working with a guy in a group that I was in to kind of like assign risk ratings to these new companies. And I remember saying to this guy, like, okay, yeah, like the tech looks good, but I'm really worried about like the experience the founding team they don't really look like they're that experienced i don't think they've got this process in place and i started to talk about the business his reaction was like whoa you're actually looking at the business <laughs> i was like Yeah, this is what this thing is. It's not just like a smart contract, like people actually have to run this thing, right? And so like this whole idea of a business connected to a smart contract and actually that being more of a risk was like mind blowing back then. (laughs) And so it's just funny, like kind of raising awareness about it now.
2: It's actually very typical though. I mean, when when we work with any emerging industries, it's the person behind the company. It's the people who are putting this business together because we're looking at it and insurers are looking at it as a business. They want credibility. They wanna know that it's gonna run like a business. You could be the smartest person ever. But if you're not going to run it as a profitable business, there is no business to insure.
0: Are there like common mistakes or pitfalls that companies should avoid when seeking insurance with digital assets?
1: Oh, how much time do you have, Brad? That's a good one. <laughs> okay. So first of all, they try to get around using the word crypto because they're they're worried that it costs more. They don't realize that the underwriters on the other end do research. <laughs> They'll look at the website, they'll look at like all these different things,
0: yeah.
2: and
1: so they'll catch it out pretty quickly and they'll be like, why are these guys trying to lie and say they don't aren't in this space? So it actually just ends up prolonging the process and starts it off on the wrong foot. So being honest and being like really upfront about what you do and how you do it is important. Number two, emphasize risk management. There, and this is what brokers do, so this is what Dina and I can do. If you have a founder that's quite good at objectively looking at the risk, highlighting the stuff that you already have in place in the application communication or when you're talking with Dina or myself, that's a great thing because what that allows us to do is say, yeah, they know that this is a risk right? They know they haven't done this certain cyber certification, but they're going to do that in a month. That is a much better conversation than they just haven't thought. of. That I would say is number two. Number three, and this is a very, very big one that will save everyone a lot of money. When you put your financials down in an application form, the underwriter will use those financials. When you have to project, go conservative. When I know when you're raising money, you've got to put like some big financials to, to get it done. But if you put that number down on the application form... And and that could be right. And if that's absolutely correct, and that's what you're going with, please do. But just know that if you're going to do 30 million in year two, you're going to be charged a 30 million rate, right? And that's going to be incredibly, incredibly more expensive than actually trying to be realistic with the numbers. And so we try to coach our clients and say, guys, are you really sure you're going to do 30 million next year? Because you've done 1 million this year, how are you going to 30x that growth? And if you don't think you're going to do that, then put a number you think you're going to do. So, so that helps with the rate that helps the underwriters know that it's sustainable growth. And actually, to be honest, underwriters looking at the risk, they much rather uh, sustained linear progression rather than going from like 1 million to 40 million. Because when you grow that quickly, you're going to miss things, you're going to skip steps, you're going to fall into holes, you're going to try to do too many things at once. And that just increases the risk factor. And so th- those are the, like my three basic tips for, for helping companies find this space.
2: And to, to Ben's point, being realistic is, is really important in this case. But It doesn't mean that you're married to that information. So a few months, you're finding that you're exceeding your projections. You pick up the phone, you talk to us, and it's all about transparency, having that open line with the insurers because they're on risk for what you do. So if that means that midterm, they're going to apply an additional premium, so be it. You know, that's fine. You're growing and you should always consider that your premium will grow with you because your exposure is growing. But initially to get started and to get your business going in the right direction, be conservative, and then continue to be transparent.
0: I'll uh, definitely be blasting this out to all my new Web3 friends from the Toronto Futurist Conference so they can uh, get started on the right foot in this industry. I'm going to jump into a couple fun blitz questions, if you don't mind. Ben, <laughs> do you have a favorite cryptocurrency? It's
1: got to be Bitcoin, I think. I'm still an old man at heart, and I still love the OG.
0: <laughs> but are you a Bitcoin maxi?
1: I wouldn't say I'm a maxi. I just really like going through the highs and lows and everything, and seeing everything. I just kind of like how it is like I just kind of like this is what it does very good at doing that yeah it's the first one I fell in love with and I still think it's it's my favorite I know it's a bit of a boring answer but I would say that it's still it's still up there
0: it's hard to like advise people to go into any other crypto besides bitcoin I feel like it's mm-hmm. like I'd be like I would say I'm not a financial advisor regardless but I'd be weary to say like go buy like I don't know any other coin like besides maybe bitcoin or, or maybe ethereum do you have a favorite bitcoin meme
1: Got to be one of the pepes I think actually you know what thinking about it what were those twins that were back in like 2017 that was like the the pamphlet meet and it was like anytime the market moved it was like these two french twins
0: the next time you come across it, you get to send me that
1: we'll have to yeah yeah
0: absolutely any favorite resources in this space or, or, or books or podcasts that maybe you've read recently
1: i'm a big big fan of blockworks rundown byron gilliam does an incredible job of distilling all of the stuff that happens in that day into a an email, I get just a ton of emails every day and like letters and news. That's the one I read every day. I absolutely love it. It's short, incredible writing, very timely. I highly recommend it to everybody.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I've read it a couple of times. I can't say it's like my go to. I'm kind of all over the place. But uh, do you have any any having predictions or where do you see the market going in the next twelve to eighteen months?
1: Well, oh, it's got to be to the moon, there, Brad. That's the only. Res- no, I um, I uh, no, I mean absolutely. I mean, 2024 is going to be a big year. Um, I, I think there's there's a lot of indicators that we're looking at that means that we're going to be doing that from our team's perspective. You know, we're incredibly excited about what this next year is going to bring. It's only good from that having perspective. I think this is only going to increase market perception and everything that kind of goes along with that. So yeah, no, we're really excited. We do a lot of Bitcoin mining companies in, in North America. We love seeing their orders and how they're like preparing for it and everything like that. That. And so there's definitely a lot of interest happening. So we're, we're excited to see it.
0: Very cool. Are you allowed to name companies that you're working with? Ooh, it's a good question. Probably I mean, not.
1: we're working with... Um, the risk
0: management or... on that?
1: Yeah, no, I know. I would love to say <laughs> it. No, I mean, we're working with some of the biggest companies, biggest names out there in the crypto industry today, some of the biggest exchanges worldwide. It's just cool. great to kind of see what they've got planned, what they're they're building behind the scenes. On the other side, we also work with a number of Web2 companies also coming into crypto and, and Web3 and seeing those capabilities and what they're Excited for. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And it doesn't seem like the bear market has any effect on any of that, right? Like everybody's building behind the scenes. We only see a little snippet of it in the news. So that's what I'm really excited for when some of these projects start becoming public.
0: So you see like a kind of an influx with the bull market? Absolutely. On your end?
1: Yeah. I mean, bull bear doesn't, there's going to be an influx for sure.
0: Is there anything worth mentioning about your maybe background or interest in crypto or or about the company that we missed today uh, that you may want to include in this episode? I
1: think the only thing that I would Add is that I've recently been thinking more about longevity in the space and thinking three to five years in the future and not getting so caught up in bull bear market cycles, right? Like you got to keep an even keel through it all. And that's the thing that's really going to pay off in the future. And that's the thing that I'm really excited for is not thinking about what price is going to be like tomorrow or two months from now. It's thinking about what this space looks like in three to five years and just the incredible amount of things that we're going to be able to accomplish. And that's what kind of gets be excited and up in the morning. That's that's it for me. But yeah, I'm, I'm super, I'm
0: super pumped. When in doubt, zoom out, man. I, I like that yeah. mentality. Guys like us coming in the space in 2017, you know, we're getting around that time where we've been here a little while now. and can't just be so hung up on that day-to-day price. We're in here for the long haul. I said on Twitter, or on sorry, on X the other day that, you know, I love the bear market because I get my best opportunities to interview and talk to people in the bear market. You know, whereas once the whole world's paying attention for that short bull run, all these figures are on Fox Business, all these big big sites so I love what you're doing like I said earlier there's a a great need for people like you in the space Dina I hope you're stacking sats and hodling in the background there (laughs) I appreciate you setting this interview up with Ben and your input on insurance so maybe just let us know where we can follow and learn more
2: wonderful thank you so much for the opportunity Brad it's really a pleasure and it's uh, always great to connect and keep the conversation going
1: Ben Davis on LinkedIn um, and happy to chat with anybody about insurance and crypto and thank you so much for uh, Dina for Thank you so much. And for chatting with you, Brad, thank you.